Ephesians chapter 4, we're continuing our series, You Wanted to Know. And um, Pastor Kelly dealt with um, with uh, the subject of overcoming temptation last week. And if you're alive, you're going to face temptation. If you're hearing my voice, I promise you, you're going to face temptation. Temptation is common to every man. Isn't that right? And so, um, you know, I think uh, those of you that said, you know, I want to know how to overcome temptation, how to deal with temptation. I think that's a very, that's a very good uh, path to be on, to be concerned about overcoming and defeating the temptation of the enemy in your life. And so today we're going to keep in the series and we're going to talk about and we're going to deal with anger, dealing with anger. Some of you asked to hear a sermon on how to handle anger, your personal anger. How do you handle somebody that's angry? And how many of you know we live in an angry world? Did you do you realize that we're living in a very angry world? So whether you're dealing with it personally or dealing with people, either one, it's it's can be a real life challenge. And so, uh, so hopefully today we can help those who are dealing with anger or recognize it so that we can move forward. Amen. Father, I pray, help me to teach your word today. God, I pray that you would just uh, release your Lord, your anointing over this house. God, I pray that you bind up any distraction, any plan and tactic of the enemy to rob the seed of the word of God from people's hearts. And I pray that you would just cause your word to just have free course today over this house. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. So let's take a let's take a look at what the Bible has to say about anger. You know, you might be surprised to know that the Bible has a lot to say about anger. In fact, anger is used some 450 times just in the New Testament. That's a lot. It's the second most frequently mentioned emotion in the Bible, anger. Now, why does the Bible talk so much about anger? I have a, I deduct that the reason why the Bible talks so much about anger is because it's a very common problem among people. It's a very common problem. Now, I know you don't deal with that at all, but maybe somebody down the street from you, right? But some believe that as much as seven of 10 people uh, of our population, which is like 70% of our population, are angry about something. Seven of 10. Now, if that's true, if seven out of 10 people are angry about something, no wonder that the New Testament deals with it 450 times. Because we need to hear about it. Is that right? And so now if you think about it, anger is one of those most powerful and controlling human emotions that if you don't get a rain on it, if it's not properly dealt with, man, it can cause great devastation in your family, in your life. Amen. Are y'all agreeing with, with me on there? We got to deal with this. So we're going to talk about it. And we're going to let's deal with anger, dealing with anger. The Bible says that anger is a, is a common problem. It, it's, it's part of the human emotional system. What it's anger. It's a, it's a strong emotional response. It's not just an emotional response. It's a strong emotional response of irritation or aggravation or displeasure that you feel when, when you have uh, what you deem to be a negative experience. 
When, you, when, you, when you're not happy with what's happening around you and you start feeling emotions and you just begin to have an, a hyphen displeasure, it comes out in anger. In other words, let me, let me kind of bring it home. An example of anger is what you feel or experience when the light turns green and the person in the front of you doesn't start moving quickly. That's anger. Now you got it, right? Everybody's on board now, right? All right. Anger, you know, red lights trigger anger. How many of you know that? Anger is that irritated, agitated condition of feelings that wants to take vengeance on your real or your supposed offender. And, uh, and, and so, um, you know, you have that experience, you have that feeling, and a lot of times we don't know what to do with that. But uh, how do you know if you have an anger problem? Well, there's some symptoms of someone who has anger problems. They're quickly offended. They're impatient. They're easily irritated or frustrated. They're prone to be exasperated and annoyed with everything and anyone. They're usually bitter, overly harsh and critical. And they have a short fuse and an explosive temper. Y'all ready to pray now? How many of you feel like you're ready to come up now for prayer? I'll tell you, the quickest way to find out if you have anger problems is to ask your family. Ask your spouse. Ask your children. Ask your co-workers. They spend the most time with us and they know us better than anybody else. Right? And we lie to ourselves. I ain't got a problem with anger. It makes me angry that you say I'm angry. Come on now. What causes or triggers us? What, what makes us angry? Well, you know, there's different triggers or causes, but let me just give you a few. When we get hurt, it causes us to get angry. When you get physically, spiritually, or emotionally hurt, you get angry. It, it triggers that emotion. In Ephesians 6, 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Now, I think the reason why we exhorted as fathers not to exasperate our children or to provoke our children to anger, because fathers typically are a lot harsher than moms. I mean, we discipline, but man, we can, we can just take off people's heads. It, it's a common problem. Come on. Ladies, don't say amen right now. <laughs> Help us out, okay? <laughs> Somebody said, I'm sorry. <laughs> but listen, you know, you know, it's true. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a father. I'm a male. And I know that, man, it just seems like women are more nurturing. They have an easier time with this. But it says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. I believe the reason why we provoke our children to anger as fathers is we're too hard on them. But it's not just men that are hard. It's moms that can be hard, too. Right? And now everybody can say amen because we're talking about all of us now, right? And listen, when we hurt our children, that easily leads them to become angry. And so that's why the scripture talks about it. So when we get hurt, we get angry. Here's another trigger of anger. When we get frustrated, when nothing seems to work, when things just don't go as planned, when you're forced to wait, you can often see anger manifested at Walmart. Or any public place that has a cash register with a line behind it. 
I'm meddling now, I know. Right? But you can know the level of God's peace in your life by how much it takes to irritate or frustrate you or cause you to lose your place of peace. Proverbs 16.32 says, It's better to be slow to anger than to be a mighty warrior. And one who controls his temper is better than one who captures a city. How many of you know there's great virtue in being able to deal with anger? Amen? But sometimes we get angry out of frustration. A third trigger of anger is when your personal security is being threatened. Like we usually get angry when we're threatened by others, when we're afraid or our self-worth is being attacked. For example, you corner a cat and it gets angry because its personal security is being violated. It gets afraid. And how many of you know that cat is coming out of that corner and you better get out of his way? Amen. Because you're about to receive the wrath of his anger. And sometimes we get angry when our personal security is violated. Anytime your personal security or your self-worth is being attacked, it can cause you to get really angry. You know, I, I, um, I was thinking about this. And years ago when I started a, a new job in the oil field, uh, I, was, I had a supervisor that was tough. You've heard me talk about him. And uh, God used him to help me grow. And uh, the end result was we, we kissed and we made up and we loved each other. And whenever I left there, we were, we were buddies. But, you know, I had a supervisor that was constantly criticizing me and, and belittling me. I, I was new on the job. I didn't know how to do the job. And he was, he was years on the job. I wasn't stupid. I just didn't know how to do the job. But he was always on my back. And making me feel like I was, like I didn't know nothing. And, um, and, and so he was very harsh and hard and very impatient with me. And I came from a job that I'd been working at a long time that I knew very well. And I wasn't used to that treatment. And although I hadn't had a problem with anger in quite a while, all of a sudden I started feeling this emotion of anger. And I started thinking thoughts that I knew were not godly thoughts. That God would not want me to carry out. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you can kind of go along with me? And so, you know, I found myself become, becoming angrier and angrier. And, and I was a child of God. I was saved. I'd been saved for a while. And, and I was like, man, I'm regressing. I'm, I'm going the wrong way. What is the problem? Why am I getting angry? And I realized because, because he was attacking my self-worth. He was frustrating me because I wasn't able to satisfy what he expected me to do. And his harsh and his hard treatment was provoking something in me that was not godly. But you know what? Later on, as we began to talk about it, you know what I found out about this supervisor and what he shared with me? He had a father that constantly criticized him, that was hard on him. That he could never please, he could never measure up, he could never, he could never do enough. And his dad was an angry man who took out his anger on him. And so therefore we had another generation of anger that was being released over a family. You know what? My supervisor had become a bitter, angry man because he was raised by a bitter, bitter, angry father. And you know what? The point is that most people are dealing with anger today 
because of some underlying situation or circumstance that has triggered that anger. And that's why we deal with it. Most people don't have anger problems if they've been, if they've been protected and have been in an environment that's not harsh and hard and, and, and doesn't have a, a dysfunctional situation. Well, now listen, regardless of the reason for our anger, God wants us to deal and be healed of our anger. <laughs> There's the good news right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm so glad the gospel is good news. Amen. Now, why does God want us to deal and be healed of anger? Why doesn't he want us just not address it and just let us, you know, just sit in that saddle of anger? I believe because he wants us to be spared of the devastation that anger causes. He wants us to be spared of the negative consequences that anger has in our life. Listen to what Ephesians 4, 26 says. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now that's a good picture right there. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. So in other words, unresolved anger gives the enemy, the devil, a chance to have way into your life, to mess up your life. Now how many of you know, we don't need to be opening up the door and letting the enemy come in and devastate our life. We need to slam that door and put some some deadbolts on that baby. Amen? And so, you know, there's consequences of unresolved anger uh, that had uh, that that we experience in our life. And let me just kind of give you some of those. Anger gives the enemy a chance to steal your joy. How many of you know you you know you show me an angry person, I'll show you somebody who don't have any joy. You can't have joy and be angry at the same time. You know, take it or leave it. You want joy? You want anger? Come on, how many of you believe joy is a better choice? And so listen, because, because anger uh, allows the enemy uh, to steal our joy, we got we to gotta deal with that. Listen, uh, in Genesis 4, there's a story of Cain and, and Cain and Abel whenever they gave an offering to God. And Cain, Cain's offering wasn't accepted by God. Um, Abel's was, Cain wasn't. And Cain became very angry at God. And the Bible records that Cain lost his joy because he got angry. In Genesis 4, 4, Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But Cain, and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? You know what your countenance is, right? You know, your face, what's your face? Your face speaks, right? And, and God said, Cain, I notice your face is not speaking joy. Your face has fallen. And notice how Cain's countenance had fallen when he became angry. And we know what that tells us, that Cain's anger robbed him of his joy. In Proverbs fifteen thirteen, it says, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. A merry heart. How many of you, how many of you could tell when somebody's happy? You could tell, right? But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. You know, one of the consequences of having unresolved anger is it gives the enemy a chance to cause your countenance to fall. It steals your joy. So listen, we don't want to play into his hand. We want to close the door. Amen. 
A second negative consequence of anger is this. Anger gives the enemy a chance to steal your physical health. It will rob you. Listen what Proverbs 22 says. A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. So listen, a cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. The bottom line is your emotional state affects your physical state. It affects your physical health. You know, research has shown, proven that anger causes your heart rate to increase. How many of you know that's true? Somebody gets you mad? Man, you can feel your, your, your coat doing that. Say, like, man, why's your coat doing that? Oh, nothing, nothing. Your blood pressure rises. Your muscles tense up, causing back and shoulder and neck problems. It severely interrupts your normal digestion and elimination. It burdens your body, causing premature aging. You know, we, we, you know, some health experts believe that anger can be linked to the cause of heart disease, colitis, strokes, migraines, and many other autoimmune diseases and physical problems. You know, there's physicians and people in the medical field here, and they'll tell you sometimes people say, you know, I got, I got this, I got that, and they, they run all the tests, and they can't find anything because it's not a physical problem. It's a spiritual problem. Physicians will tell you that some health problems are really not a physical problem at all. They're really a spiritual problem that's causing the health problems, Right? So why do we need to deal with anger? Well, so we can have joy. So we can be happy. And the other thing is so that we can be healthy. So we can enjoy physical health. Amen? Here's a third negative consequence of anger. And it's this. Anger gives the enemy a chance to steal your righteousness. You know, righteousness means right standing with God. But anger will cause you to lose You're right standing with God. Listen to this proverb, Proverbs 29, 22. An angry person starts fights. You know what starts fights? Angry. Angry people. Anger starts fights. And then listen, a hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sins. How many of you know that's the gospel truth right there? Amen. I mean, not that we have problems with it, but we've seen other people and they sin a lot whenever they got anger. Right? But did you really catch that an angry person starts fights? You know, you know, you, you know, somebody's fighting, you're like, okay, let's separate, let's get them out of this fight. You give them a whole new environment. They ain't going to start a fight over there. I mean, you got to put them in a corner all by themselves. And then they might be looking at the wall and just like, you know, ready to fight. But anger starts fights. A hot tempered person commits all kinds of sins. Think about this. How can we obey the second greatest commandment in the Bible to love your neighbor as yourself if you're filled with unresolved anger? You can't. You can't love your neighbor as yourself if you're dealing with anger in your life, right? You're not going to be loving your neighbor. Think about this. How can we obey God's command to forgive those who sin against us if we refuse to deal with our anger? I mean, think of all the things that we can do that violates the word of God whenever we refuse to deal with our anger. You know what? If you think about it, anger causes us to commit many sins 
And our sins affects our relationship with God. It gets us out of right standing with God. That should be a motivation enough for us to deal with our anger. If we don't deal with our anger, it gives the enemy a chance to bring temptation in our life to do stuff that we shouldn't do. You know, it's amazing. We could be here at church and praising the Lord, lifting our hands and saying, Jesus, I love you. Oh, you're so sweet. And then we get over there on Johnson Street and somebody else showed up. But listen, if anger is not dealt with, it just devastates our life. And and here's a finally a fourth negative consequence of anger is this. Anger gives the enemy a chance to steal your God-given destiny. It'll steal God's got a destiny for all of us. And, and the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a good destiny. He's got a good plan for us. Amen? Amen. But you know, we can never achieve or experience God's full destiny if we allow the enemy to gain a foothold in our life by not dealing with anger in our life. You know, the perfect example of that is in Exodus 20, and it records an example of an effect uh, that anger has on your destiny when it, when it talks about Moses. Remember, Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, but they had to go through this thing called the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they, they didn't have as much, uh, they didn't have as much food like they had in Egypt. Even though they were so oppressed, they couldn't worship God. They, they were working from sunup to sundown. They didn't have as much water as they had in Egypt. And they started murmuring and complaining. Moses, why did you lead us out here? Why didn't you leave us in Egypt? And they began to murmur and complain. And so Moses had to deal with this. And in Exodus 20, God instructed Moses, Moses, this is what I want you to go tell those dudes. And he gave them some instructions on how to deal with them. In Numbers 20 and verse 6, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff, assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. And he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand. He struck twice. He struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. You could see Moses all bowed up after he struck that rock and water comes gushing out. So much water. They, they, everybody gets to drink and even the animals get to drink. I'll show you a bunch of murmuring, complaining people. Now you got enough water to drink. Moses thought everything was good, but was it good? Did the Lord actually tell Moses to strike the rock twice? No, did you, did you pick up that? He didn't tell him to, to strike the rock at all. He told him to what? Speak to the rock. He said, just speak to the rock. Now, do you think that Moses disobeyed God when he didn't speak to the rock, but he struck the rock? Yes, he did. And verse 10, Moses revealed his heart. Why he disobeyed God. I mean, catch the attitude of this. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. 
Do you get the attitude of that? Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Moses, you can't bring no water from no rock. Only God can do that. So now he's thinking he's the man. But you see, all of a sudden, I think what was revealed there was an attitude of Moses' heart. He was dealing with anger. But now, the real kicker is the price that Moses paid for not doing what God wanted him to by losing his temper. In Numbers 20, 12, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Wow, what a price to pay. Moses and Aaron never reach their God-given destiny of the promised land. Why? Because of anger. Anger robbed them of what was meant to be their most important accomplishment of their life. And that was bringing the people into the promised land. How many of you know there's a high price to pay? So here's the point. You and I will never achieve our God-given destiny if we don't deal with anger in our life. It's going to hinder us. It's going to short-circuit some blessings God has for us. It's kind of like the boomerang. It's going to come back and hit us in the back of the head. So we got to deal with it. Amen? We got to deal with it. But listen, remember, regardless of the reason why we might be dealing with it, remember this. That God wants us to deal and be healed of our anger. Amen? Let me remind you that God don't, he don't, you know, like he don't uh, diagnose a problem that we have in our life and just say, hey, you got cancer, man. Hope you do all right. No, he reveals it because he wants to heal it. Amen? That's the way God operates. And so he wants us to be healed and he wants us to be set free. Why? Because he, he wants us to be spared of the devastating effects that, and the consequences that anger has in our life. Unresolved anger gives the devil a foothold in our life. Remember that. Unresolved anger always gives the devil a foothold in our life. Amen? So then the question is, how do you properly deal with anger? What if, you, what if you had one of those dads? What if you had one of those supervisors? What if you were married to somebody like that? What if you had parents like that? You know, what do you do with the anger that's seated in your heart? You know, I, I found that just because you, you give your life to Christ and you get saved doesn't mean that your anger is going to go away. So how do you properly deal with anger? Come on, am I, am I talking to the right people here today? I, I see my face all over you today. I'm, I'm, I should have put a mirror up there on that back wall. Because it's, it's everybody's issue, right? So how do you properly deal with anger? There's a right way and a wrong way to deal with anger. How many of you know that? And we're seeing, we're seeing all over our, our, you know, national news, the wrong way to deal with anger. If you go to Lafayette Parish Correctional Center, you could talk to people that didn't learn how to deal with anger in the right way. They're, they're really no different than us. They just had a, a little bit weaker moment than we have. Or, or, or maybe they got caught having the weaker moment that you and I have had as well. Amen? And so... uh so how do you deal with it in the right way? First, you got to be honest with yourself and then be honest with God. You got to be honest. You know, it's hard to be honest sometimes. 
And uh, first, be honest with yourself when you're angry. Listen, Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry, and yet do not sin. And don't let the sun go down on your anger. Did I read that right? Did it say, be angry? Be angry. The Bible doesn't say not to be angry. How can God tell you not to do something that he already put in you? How many of you know anger is an emotion that's God-given? It's okay to feel anger. But we got to be honest with ourselves and say, man, I'm, I'm feeling angry right now. If you're angry, say you're angry. Be honest about it. I am not angry. Why do you keep saying I am angry? Well, your face. You know, it's kind of like what I'm seeing, you know. I am not angry. Yes. You know, how many of you know that um, anger is really part of the emotional makeup of man? But the Bible says when you get angry, don't sin. Be angry, but don't sin. I mean, you know, Jesus must have felt that whenever he went into the temple and they were selling doves and turtle doves so that people could go give, have something to bring to the offering and, and pay for their, you know, to cover their sin. And these people were merchandising the kingdom of God. And he walked in there. And I don't think he was feeling like, you know, he, I didn't, I don't think he felt like singing Kumbaya. Bind us together, Lord. When he went and grabbed those tables and he turned them over. I think he was feeling righteous indignation, don't you? And so Jesus had those moments and he says, but, you know, the, he was feeling righteous indignation because of what was happening and the way that people were getting treated in the kingdom of God. And so obviously there can be an anger that is properly with. Be angry, but don't sin. So first we got to be honest with ourselves. You know what? I'm angry. I'm dealing, I deal with anger. And then we got to be honest with God about our anger. You know, I think sometimes we forget that God like knows everything. You know, you know, like we like, Hey God, how you doing? You know, everything all right, God? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that anger. What? I mean, you know, God knows already. He already knows. So first be honest with yourself and then be honest with God. When you have an anger problem, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Now, there's three ways we can handle anger. One is repressing it. That means when we ignore or deny the fact that we're angry, we just like, we just repress it. We internalize it. We, uh, we just stuff the pain, cover it up, and we're, we're not willing to admit or do anything about what we're feeling. And, and some of us, we, we had to learn how to deal with anger that way because we never got, got a chance to, to, re, to deal with it in a right way. And so that's why sometimes you hear about people shooting at others, even in Lafayette, on the streets because they cut in front of it. Boom! You cut in the... I, you got my lane! Yeah, but I mean, I mean, do you really want to go to jail the rest of your life because somebody cut you off? I mean, but what is that? It's anger that's been there all alone. The car that just did that is what surfaced it because they had repressed anger. 
And then there's, uh, so, so they're like a volcano just waiting to boom, blow up. It's not the right way. And then there's, you can express it. That's whenever you, man, you, you learn to uncap that thing. And that's when you become very vocal and you're quick to express your anger. I want to tell you how I feel right now. And then double barrels, you know? And so, uh, so the, we vent our anger aggressively and then we feel justified. Well, at least I got that off of my chest. I feel better now. And the person we just expressed our anger to is just bleeding. We're like a wildfire burning up anybody and everybody in our path. You got this torch. You cross me. <laughs> Come on. Come on. How many? Come on. Y'all help me preach. Come on. How many of you know somebody that lives on the other side of town like that? You know, we, we try to kind of keep it comical because otherwise we can all be weeping in here, right? So the good news is we get anger off our chest. The bad news is we leave a trail of bleeding people behind us. That's the bad news. How many of you know that's not God's way? It's not God's way. And then that we can confess it. When we confess our anger to God and we deal with our anger by taking responsibility, of our wrong and going and admitting it to God, going to God and admitting it to God. How many of you know? Then we're in a position to really get some relief from our anger. Amen. And I believe this. Listen, I believe that some of us that we struggle with anger because we've been taught how not to properly deal with anger. I mean, we've saw, we've, we've watched things get thrown across the room. And so we say, Oh, that's how you deal with anger. You get angry and you throw something across the room. Or we get angry and man, full, full throttle ahead. And so we, we've, we've seen anger because everybody, every family and every home has anger. We just haven't seen the right way of handling anger. And so, you know, we got to learn how to deal with it in a proper way because it, it's, it's the only way we're going to get the blessing that's on the other side of it. And, and, and you can't be healed and delivered from anger until you first being, first of all, you got to be open and honest to yourself and say, look, I need to quit lying that I'm not dealing with anger. This is what it is. And then we need to be honest with God. It, I mean, if we know it, what it is, it's not going to help us just to know it. We got to go to God with it. He's got broad shoulders. He can handle it. And so, First John 1 John 1.9 says that we confess our sins to him. He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There's something about the power of repentance. It breaks the... It, I tell you what it does. It puts a dead both on the door where the enemy can't break through it anymore. Amen? It gets his foot out of the door and shuts it and dead, dead boats it where he can't come back in. Amen? And so we need to really deal with it in a proper way. Don't repress it. Don't express it. Confess it to God who can help you. All right. And then the second way to properly deal with anger is um, you got to really forgive those who have hurt or offended you. You know, because, again, you know, most people, there's a reason why we deal with anger. There's a reason why some people don't deal with it as much and some people deal with it more. You know, the Bible says, don't hang around an angry man because you're going to be angry. 
Do you know the Bible says that? And it's something about it. And, you know, I used to think, well, you know, you just catch it like a virus. You get around somebody that's angry, you catch the virus. No, I think what it is, is if you hang around an angry person, they're going to keep cutting you and you're going to get offended. You're going to get frustrated and you're going to start feeling that same thing and you're going to get angry yourself. And so you got to forgive those who hurt you or offended you. And most of us deal with anger because somebody caused us to be that way. And unfortunately, most of the time, it's a father figure. Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness spring up and trouble you, thereby many be defiled. Unforgiveness is a result of being offended, and bitterness is a result of not forgiving your offenders. So to be free from bitterness, you have to forgive those who have offended you. Forgiveness releases you from bitterness. You see, really, anger is a fruit. It's really the fruit of a root problem. The root problem is bitterness and unforgiveness. It's really the deal. Don't you agree? And listen, forgiveness is a choice. We can choose to forgive. But it's not an option if we want to be healed of anger. If we want to deal and heal of anger, it's not an option. We got to choose to forgive those who offended us, even though they're, they're gone. They're deceased in our heart. We got to release them. In Ephesians 4.26, it says, in your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You know, why does it say don't let the sun go down on your anger? What is that talking about? Go make it right with whoever ticked you off. Go, go make it right. Because the longer you wait to make it right, the stronger that stronghold gets and the harder it is to get past it. So don't go to bed angry. Be quick to forgive. If not, you give the devil a foothold in your life. I like this quote. It says, somebody said, if you go to bed angry, you're going to have the devil as a bedfellow. <laughs> how many, how many, of you know, that's not, uh, that's not good. Okay, Lord, I forgive that knothead that did that to me. You know, uh, it's not worth it. Amen. So, so here's the conclusion. God wants to, us to deal and heal of anger. If seven of ten people are angry about something, there's a good chance somebody in this room today has an anger problem. And uh, I've learned that what I deal with, most of the people in the pew deal with. Right? And sometimes, you know, we go, we, we click along and, and even though we recognize that we want to, uh, we don't want stuff to happen in our lives, sometimes it's seated there. But I'm, I believe that this morning that God is wanting to put an ax to the root of the fruit of anger by getting to the root of it and say, look, let's cut that off and let's, come on, let's bring release and healing in people's lives so they can be free, have the joy of the Lord in their life once again. Amen. So they can reach their full destiny that God has for them. Amen. Come on. The Lord wants us to live upright with God and right standing with God. And so I believe the enemy is being exposed today and saying, hey, enough is enough, man. We're cutting that thing off right now. Would you stand with me? Let's, let's close in prayer. But we got a little bit of time. And before we close in prayer, please don't move around. Don't distract anybody. But come on, let's, let's, let's make application. 
You know, we said, listen, there's two things that need to happen for people to get healed and to get, and to get delivered from anger. And the first one, we, we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with ourselves. And if we're struggling with anger, we have to be willing to say, man, that's an area that I struggle with in my life. That's an area that I struggle with. It's nothing to be ashamed of, be embarrassed about, because more than likely somebody right next to you or right around you deals with it too. It's a common problem among people. The Bible talks about it 450 times because he's like, man, I know this is going to be tough. So let's be honest. How many of you this morning say, man, I have to be honest. I'm dealing with anger. Come on, let's acknowledge it. Let's acknowledge it. Now, if you're dealing with anger, I want you to just, there's a lot of hands that went up, but I believe this is significant. And I think I want to, I feel like we need to do this. If you raised your hand, let's come up here to the altar and just come before the Lord. And then this way we're acknowledging, man, Lord, I'm coming clean today. I'm coming clean because I, I don't want this in my life. I, I want to be free. I want to be delivered. I want to be healed. And I know this, that listen, just coming up here, it's not going to make anger go away. But it's the first step. You guys come up a little tighter, if you don't mind, so the people behind you can just slip in. You see, if you look at the percentage here, you can tell there's a high percentage of our population. It's not just an us problem. It's a world problem. Amen? Now listen, I want you to just close your eyes right now. I just want you to close your eyes for just a moment. And, and, and at first, you got to talk to yourself for a minute and say, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. I, I'm struggling with anger. Come on, just say that. Just say that to the Lord. Say, Lord, I, I'm being honest today. I'm struggling. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to have hateful thoughts and hateful words, but I am. I am. And I just want to be honest with myself. And then, God, I want to be honest with you today. Come on now, let's turn it towards God. Let's talk to God now. And just talk to God and say, God, I don't want this in my life. I don't want the enemy to have a foothold in my life. I want to shut the door today. And God, I'm confessing before you. I'm an angry person. I'm angry about some things that have happened in my life, that's going on in my life. And I don't want to be angry. Come on, just confess it before the Lord and ask him, Lord, would you forgive me today for being angry? Would you forgive me, Lord? I don't want to be angry. And I want my heart to be healed today. Come on, James said, confess your sins to each other. You know what, brothers and sisters, by coming up here and you're just saying, I don't care who sees me, who knows. I'm being open and honest and I don't care if the world knows. I'm being, I'm just going to be humble. My, I'm a humble myself and say, God, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. Now I want you to receive the forgiveness of the Lord. If you asked him to forgive you, does he forgive you? Does he forgive you? Does he forgive you? Does he forgive you? We'll thank him for it. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for being merciful to me. Thank you, Lord, for having mercy on me, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for being so compassionate. 
and just giving me grace today. Come on, you can't be loving if you don't forgive yourself or you don't receive forgiveness. Come on, receive it right now. Let the oil of the Lord's forgiveness come upon you right now. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you're releasing your forgiveness right now. Come on, some of you are getting delivered. You're getting healed. Come on, the Lord is breaking the power of the enemy's hold on your life right now in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, let's take it one step, one step further. Come on. Why are you angry? Why are you angry? Did you have a harsh, hard father? Did you have a harsh, hard supervisor? Come on. Were you cut up, belittled, made to feel like you could never amount? Like you were, you were, you were a loser? Come on. Why? Where? Where is it? Who is it? More than likely, it's a particular person where it all started. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to release them? They might not even be here to just say, I forgive you. But come on, you can't be healed unless you forgive them. Come on, can you just release them from your heart today? Matthew 6 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Come on, I believe the Lord wants to heal. I believe there's a lot of people that are angry because as fathers, we've hurt our children. And you might be 70 years old, but you got hurt by your parents, by the by divorce or by, by some supervisor, or some teacher in school or some friend that had anger problems and they have cut you up and now you're just angry. Come on, open up your heart today. Just ask the Lord to give you the grace to forgive them. Just say it. Lord, I forgive them. Come on, if somebody's coming to your mind right now, just say it. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. I release them. Come on, can you release them from your heart today? Just release them. Say, Father, would you forgive me for holding bitterness and unforgiveness? And I, I just want to stand in proxy for that person. And that person may not have the revelation, the wisdom, the insight, the knowledge to be able to come to you and say, I'm sorry. But on behalf of the person that offended you, can I tell you today for them? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you receive that today? Can you receive that? I'm sorry. It's always easier. Somebody takes responsibility for the way they treated us. But can I just can I just stand in the gap? You see, the reason why I was so hard on you is because somebody was hard on me. Because I was raised in an anger situation and I just didn't know better. I don't know how. Come on, just receive that today. On, I just feel the pain in this room right now. I just feel the pain of the hurt. Father God, I pray, let your grace come. Would you extend your hand towards all these that are up here? Let's ask God to extend his grace to them right now. And you know what? I just have a sense that there's somebody out there in the pew that didn't have enough humility to come up here. But listen, God wants to deliver you. You get by, you get along with him and you tell him, 
Lord, I want this out of my life. And if you have the grace, go to your family and say, I'm sorry, and ask them to forgive you. Amen. Come on, let's pray for them. Lord, we pray the grace of God over them. Lord, as we deal with our anger, we pray your healing, God. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're closing the door. You're slamming the door shut. And that, Lord, there is a healing going on in marriages. Lord, in parents' relationship with their children. Lord, there's a, Lord, there's reconciliation coming. I'm believing that today, in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, the families that are represented here, that the generational curses are being broken today, and that anger is not getting handed down to another generation. We cut it off and stop it today by the cross of Jesus Christ. We declare it is broken. It is broken in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Now listen. You know what? Love. Love heals all. Love is why we get angry because we didn't have it. Because we lacked it. It's the love of God. Listen, if you're in this room and you've never surrendered your life to God, you can't get free from anger until he fills you with his love. Listen, if you're in here and you've been a Christian, but you're not right with God, you've been walking the fence, you've been kind of in and out, you're not going to release. You're not going to be released until you get right with God. Come on, you know the difference. So come on, let's make a commitment, a fresh commitment to God. Just say, God, I'm in. Man, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be right with you. The enemy has stolen my righteousness. But today I want it back. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I want to be right with you. I need my my heart washed of all sin. I submit to you. I declare you, Jesus, as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for accepting me into your family, into your kingdom, coming back home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath and just let it. Come on. You don't have to repress it. You don't have to be aggressive with it. You can just confess it to the Lord and release that emotion of anger. Amen. Father, I pray the favor and the blessing of God over every person in this room today. God, may you fill our hearts with your love and with your joy like never before. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being so so transparent and open before the Lord. I know God's honored by it and he's going to honor you for it. Amen. God bless you.